With COVID restrictions largely in the rearview mirror, Canadian small businesses are finally, well, back in business. It's starting to feel a little more similar to the pace that we saw pre-pandemic. So that is good news. That bearer of good news is Dan Kelly, president and CEO of the Canadian Federation of Independent Business, CFIB. But Dan says back in business doesn't mean back to normal. We're still seeing that businesses have a long, long way to go before they're anywhere close to back to normal. Even at this late stage, our survey showed that fewer than half of businesses are back to pre-pandemic sales. Entrepreneurs find themselves out of lockdown only to face new challenges. Dan is our guest today, along with Scotiabank's Senior Vice President of Small Business, Jason Charlebois. They're going to help us take the pulse of Canadian small business and explain how these new challenges may actually be creating opportunity for this resilient group. I'm Stephen Maurice, and this is Perspectives. Dan, Jason, thanks so much for joining us again. Good to be with you. Thanks for having us, Stephen. So the last time we spoke was more than a year ago, July 2021. It seems like a lifetime ago. Lots has changed since then, obviously. Jason, Scotiabank recently conducted a survey of small business owners that's coming out soon. Can you give us a little preview of that? What mood did you find out there compared to a year ago? Can you give us a couple of headlines from the survey? Yeah, we're going to be releasing our third Path to Impact report shortly. And part of that is talking to small business owners across the country and seeing how they're feeling relative to the state of their business, their view on the future of their business, and any concerns that they have. Hmm. A couple of the things that were stark in terms of their findings was that 83% of small business owners we surveyed said they're better equipped today to survive another wave of the pandemic, and 81% are saying that they're equipped to survive a possible recession, which just demonstrates, again, the resiliency of small business and the enormous steps they've had to take over these last challenging couple of years to organize their business, to react to, you know, whether it be lockdowns and various restrictions on how they can serve and sell to their customers. And therefore, I think business owners now feel like they've kind of written a new playbook and are prepared in that regard. And then the second big theme, which isn't surprising, obviously, given that the economy has been really on fire here in Canada over the course of the last six to nine months, is that the majority of businesses are stating that their sales and revenues have significantly increased this year. And that has obviously helped them feel more well-positioned for any future issues that might be encountered by their business. And those are kind of two of the highlight points that the report showcased. Okay. So some optimism there, at least around questions of resilience and preparedness for potentially other bad things to come. Dan, does that reflect what you're hearing from your members in the CFIB? Well, on the resiliency side, sure. Small businesses typically do try everything they possibly can to keep afloat, including in tough economic times. And those businesses that have been through tough economic times, research shows, are more durable. They do last longer than those that perhaps have only operated in good economic times. But I will say we're still seeing that businesses have a long, long way to go before they're anywhere close to back to normal. Even at this late stage, our survey showed that fewer than half of businesses are back to normal pre-pandemic sales. So they're not even selling as much as they did prior to the pandemic in many, many sectors of the economy. Secondly, all businesses, our members tell us, are facing the pressures of the debt that they've had to take on during the course of the pandemic. 
on average, a small firm has taken on $160,000 in COVID-related debt. Some of it is in the form of a CBA loan, and they're struggling to figure out a pathway to pay that back. So that's the Canada Emergency Business Account? Yeah, that's right. And then on top of that, it is the fact that costs have gone through the roof on almost every line of their budget. So even those businesses that are back to normal in terms of sales are struggling to get back to profitability simply because their costs now are so much higher than they were pre-pandemic. So those three things in concert are not making this a great environment for a lot of small firms. Okay. We'll definitely talk about all of those elements that you mentioned. They're key to the success of small businesses. But in a general sense, with restrictions being lifted, less masking, all of that, does it feel like a little bit of a return to normal in that respect, even if those other issues are still there? For sure. Look, pandemic restrictions are largely behind us. There doesn't seem to be any big push on the part of governments to return to them. Travel restrictions just recently came off to allow business travelers and others to come to Canada, including the unvaccinated. So a lot of that has been lifted. And I will say, starting in September of 2022, it's starting to feel a little more similar to the pace that we saw pre-pandemic. So that is good news. Restrictions are largely behind us. If we can get the legacy of the debt behind us and get inflation and other factors under control, I think we're going to have a much better shot of having all businesses return to normal. But there will be some that don't make it. I mean, that happens in good times, too. There are businesses that fail. Failure is part of the journey of entrepreneurs in many respects. But we're just seeing a disproportionately large chunk of that wash through the system after two, two and a half years of pretty biting restrictions across Canada. Right. Jason, on some of those elements that Dan mentioned, I guess specifically on inflation and interest rates, what do you hear from your customers? Is that the primary concern that they come to you with? Businesses, of course, are like consumers. All of us as individuals are feeling the effects of the current economic environment. The cost of goods and services, broadly speaking, is more expensive. Therefore, the input costs for businesses are significantly higher. Businesses are challenged and sometimes in terms of passing those costs along to their customers in terms of having dynamic pricing abilities that larger firms can execute. Business owners are in a better position generally, though, with cash flow than we'd seen a year and two ago. So they are able to absorb some of that inflationary pressure in the short run. But if inflation persists, then that's a bigger challenge. And 65% of firms see the need for financial support to continue business operations in the future. So you know, that's more debt. And as Dan talked about, there's a lot of debt that's sitting out there from the various government support programs that were put in place over the last couple of years. So the inflation threat and risks are real. Of course, and interest rates play into that. Dan said there's still a greater level of business failures than one might expect in normal times. Are you seeing more of that as well? Our business customers here at Scotiabank have demonstrated great prudence in terms of being able to manage their balance sheets effectively. We haven't seen any stress in the system as it relates to businesses unable to meet their debt obligations. So at this point, nothing of concern for us. And the results of the survey suggest that businesses largely are well prepared and have forethought about the things that they need to do in order to cut costs and maintain appropriate margin and profitability in their business. The uncertainty of the future, though, always brings unexpected implications, right? So in terms of when are interest rates going to stop rising, mm -hmm. is inflation actually coming down? Those are all things that we'll only know as the future plays out. So businesses have to be mindful and ready to pivot and react based on the circumstances around them. Right. Dan, from a customer perspective, it seems to me, and maybe it's anecdotal, but it seems to me 
in the early going of the pandemic, there was sort of an outpouring of attempts to support small business, a lot of calls for people to shop local for stores that had pivoted in various ways to try and keep going. I mean, obviously, it didn't replace the normal business, but was that a real thing? Was there any sort of growth in support for local and small businesses? And the second half of the question is, has that carried on? Well, look, I... There's no question there was an outpouring of love for independent businesses. And in some parts of the economy, that turned into action with people making deliberate choices to patronize small firms wherever they could. The challenge was, though, that even with all of those efforts, it was a net drop in the slice that was coming to small businesses simply because of pandemic restrictions. If your retail shop was closed, other than for a curbside pickup or online, you'd have to be a really dedicated consumer to do that if you had the easier option of buying on Amazon or going to Walmart. And I will say there were several provinces, including Ontario, that kept the big box guys open and closed the small ones for a huge portion of the past couple of years. Right. Remember, we had businesses in parts of Canada that were closed for over 400 days, locked down for 430 days, I think, was the longest record for some types of businesses. That's It's massive. So yeah, consumers did try to help and we're grateful for that. What we're trying to do, a lot of independent retailers, for example, are trying to get their customers back that were used to going and buying everything on Amazon. And when people my parents' age were buying things on Amazon because they had no other option, you know, once they've established those habits, they're harder to break. But look, I have great faith in the resilience, to Jason's earlier point, of entrepreneurs in general. And many small firms themselves have pivoted to offering more online options and trying to meet the consumer where the consumer demand is. So longer term, I have great confidence in the independent business community, but we're going through some tough times and anything consumers can do to help right now is gratefully received. On that question of moving to e-commerce, digital commerce, Jason, did you see that among your small business clients that there was an effective move towards digitizing their operations? Was that a noticeable phenomenon during the pandemic? Yes. Businesses, large and small, adapted their business models in a way that they likely may have over the course of five and 10 years, but they did over the course of the period of several to many months, obviously forced by the circumstances that were put upon them. And in that regard, businesses are actually better prepared now and better equipped to manage their cost structures in a more effective way. Many of them have fully digitized the way they run their books and the way they take in and and pay out cash, the way they interact with their customers. And that's been goodness for all of those businesses that were able to take advantage of that. And obviously it was a steep learning curve and big adjustment, but it helps them now because what the survey tells us is that You know, businesses are really good around managing their cost base, right? So input costs for goods are higher, but they can basically focus on the operating costs and minimizing those wherever possible in order to still ensure that they're meeting their profitability hurdles. So the pandemic was terrible in so many different ways on a human level, on a business impact level. The bright spot for small firms and medium-sized firms was that they were able to actually innovate in a very fast manner that is now set their businesses up for more sustained success and more nimbleness, which is going to benefit them now and through the months and years ahead. And are those innovations, Dan, 
going to be enough for them to be able to face up to the challenges that they inevitably will face. I mean, you've mentioned some of them already, inflation, high interest rates, you know, increasing CPP contributions. There's a number of things going on after the pandemic gut punch that they still face. Yeah, look, I agree with Jason entirely that it has set them up well and they are better off than they were pre-pandemic in many parts of the economy. We also have to keep in mind, though, that for some types of businesses, you can throw all the technology you want at it, but it is getting your customers back in person that is the critical measure for their success. So you think of tourism, for example, in the hospitality sector. There's only so many pizzas that people are going to want to eat that are made in the employee's home. Uh, so you're going to have to make sure that your doors are open and technology can be an assist, but that may not be the fundamental change that you need. What businesses are facing right now, though, is sadly governments going back to doing things that governments like to do, and that is to raise taxes, CPP, EI, as you've mentioned, minimum wages jacking up right now. I understand why some of these things are happening, but small firms need a break from some of these public policy pressures that they're facing right now. Provinces looking at more paid sick time from the employer. You know, we got to give businesses an opportunity to get back to profitability before we start slapping them with all sorts of additional costs and charges. Finally, I will say the challenge of the times is the shortage of labor, too. It is having a massive bite out of businesses, including those that depend heavily on technology, because even folks in that sector are hard to find. But common story I'm hearing is my restaurant, prior to the pandemic, I used to have 20 workers. Demand is lower, so now I only need 10 workers. But try as I might, I'm only able to find five and so a business owner is saying, look, I have an opportunity to make more money. I could open a second location, but I'm not able to do that because I don't have the people that I need to keep the place open. That is going to be a tougher challenge for us to fix. It is good that the feds are starting to look more at uh, immigration policy, temporary foreign worker policies to try to help. But we need more people to fill roles in all businesses in Canada, especially given the demographics that we face as a country. It's catching up with us real fast, and we've got to make sure that we're able to find the human resources to keep these businesses open. Yeah, definitely an issue across all manner of businesses. Jason, what is your advice to small businesses as they face these various challenges that Dan's been talking about, what do they need to do to succeed? Yeah, businesses, as we've talked about in our previous conversations over the last couple of years and through our Path to Impact reports, require a good network of advisors. And our survey showed this, the businesses that actually take that step to seek financial advice from a financial advisor professional are actually in better position than those that don't. So the call to action really is for business owners to seek out that advice and make sure they're talking to their small business advisor. And Bank is a leader in customer advice and customer satisfaction across the country. We're a great partner, obviously, of CFIB. And both of our organizations are here to help businesses navigate and set themselves up for the future. Dan, one last question for you. You know, we're always looking for silver linings around here. Obviously, COVID had a negative impact on a lot of businesses, but were there many new businesses starting during this time as people decided to, you know, they started a side gig or maybe they said, I don't want my corporate job anymore. I want to be my own boss. Did you see much of that? We did. I will say startups are a lot lower now than they were pre-pandemic. So that has been a huge decline in the short term, understandably, mm -hmm. of people going off and starting their own firm. But look, the pandemic caused a lot of people to rethink their working life. And I think longer term, that means that many more will say, 
gee, you know, I think there is an opportunity for me to go out on my own. People are thinking about what they do and the meaning of what they do differently in many respects after the shock of the last couple of years. Hmm. Beyond that, you know, in any bad economic time, there are opportunities that come from that too. Many of the businesses that close will be replaced with somebody else that has a great idea of where they may be able to take it. We have, I think, lots of intergenerational transfers that are happening right now. It's not just people retiring from paid employment. It's also people ultimately retiring from business life, too. So that means the next generation, either employees or family members or perhaps somebody altogether different, a new immigrant to Canada, can take on the ownership of a business in the future. And that's really exciting. And as Jason, I think, rightly mentioned before, small businesses were a little bit behind pre-pandemic in terms of adoption of technology to try to operate differently. And the pandemic caused a lot of business owners to realize that they needed to make investments and make them fast. And those investments that they've made, I think many of them will not regret making those investments and are finding new pathways to serve more customers in different ways. So I think the future is bright, but it's hard to see right now because there's so many competing forces happening as the economy sorts itself out post-pandemic. Jason, how about you? Still seeing lots of spirit of entrepreneurship out there? Yeah, I'd agree fully with what Dan said. Every crisis or every challenge creates an opportunity. So there's lots of entrepreneurial spirit in this country and lots of driven individuals and groups of individuals that see opportunities that maybe didn't exist pre-pandemic. So I think we are still seeing a good flow of net new businesses being opened. And as Dan said, there's a lot of generational transfer of ownership and changing ownership structures in business that creates a lot of reinvigorated entrepreneurial spirit for the future. So we all say this regularly, but entrepreneurs drive the Canadian economy. Mm -hmm. They represent a massive amount of the employment in this country and they are the lifeblood of the actual economy. And it's great that the government's bringing more citizens into the country through the various immigration programs and temporary work programs. But as Dan said, labor is a scarce resource right now. It's one of the only times in our generation where we've actually had more demand for labor than there is availability of labor. Mm -hmm. And that's a challenge, right? So when you're a business owner and you see an expansion opportunity, yet you can't find the labor to actually achieve the expansion that you see is there for the taking and growth that that could mean for your business, that's a challenge. So that's at the crux of what this country needs to solve for in order to actually see the economy work its way through the challenges now and thrive into the future. Well, I think we'll leave it there. Thank you both so much for joining us today. Great to see you both. Thank you so much, Stephen. I've been speaking with Jason Charlebois, Scotiabank Senior Vice President of Small Business, and Dan Kelly, the President and CEO of the CFIB. You've been listening to Perspectives. Please follow and rate us wherever you listen to your podcasts. For a transcript of this episode, visit our website, scotiabank.com slash perspectives. We'll see you next time.